Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast from a wild and crazy roller coaster Sunday in Timberwolves land. The Wolves are the eighth seed in the Western Conference playoffs, but no Jaden McDaniels, potentially no Rudy Gobert Tuesday. We'll break down all the punches that happened on Sunday, the actual nuts and bolts of the game, who stepped up when it mattered most. Lots of ant talk, lots of cat talk. It'll be a roller coaster of a podcast today as well. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beek and I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Happy Monday, everybody. It is a victory Monday. It's a, um, I said the word roller coaster a couple times in the open. This is, Sunday was. A, a microcosm of the season. And I'll, I'll, I'll get to, well, you don't need me to explain why. It's pretty obvious why. Well, I want to break down everything from the punches to the to the game itself. Uh, peeking ahead at the week, like the whole thing on the show here today. First off the top, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find this one. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. More great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. All the other Lockdown Minnesota podcasts there as well. Download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app today on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at my account, which is at Beacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, um, where to begin? Right, the Timberwolves. I, I, like the cliff notes are, the Timberwolves win on Sunday. They go from nine to eight in the Western Conference, jumping over the Pelicans. They do have to go on the road, but now it's win one and you're in the tournament. Right, just exactly like it was last year, except the Wolves are the road team as eighth in the West instead of the home team, like they were last year when they were seventh and they hosted the Clippers. Now it's on the road to take on the Lakers in Los Angeles on Tuesday evening. So, uh, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But we have to talk about what everyone's talking about. And, and I did like three different, to, I don't know, two two different national shows and the postcast and the whole thing Sunday. Everyone, like we're only talking about the Jade McDaniels thing and about the Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson thing. That's that's what we have to open with. Um, thoughts on that, et cetera. And then the actual nuts and bolts of the game because it was actually a really entertaining game. Wolves-Pelicans was. Uh, it's the first time I've mentioned the Pelicans, I think, in the show. Because there's so the Wolves, of in and of themselves right now, there's just so much going on that that elements of the game, including the opponent, has have now gotten like, I don't know, we're, it's not even like the top two or three headlines if you're talking about Sunday for the Wolves. Um, so, of course, the number one, let's talk about Jaden McDaniels first. So Jaden McDaniels commits his second foul, apparently out of frustration, goes back in the tunnel, punches a wall. That clip was actually on the Pelicans broadcast. I don't believe it was ever shown on Valley Sports North of McDaniels appearing to punch a wall in the tunnel. The team has not, I don't think, come out and confirmed any of this, but that certainly seemed to be where he got hurt. They confirmed he was out with a hand injury. And then Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, I believe, was the first to report that he has a fractured hand and will be out for the season. Um, now, 
I mean, who knows? Like, I feel like a lot of times fractured hands, you're out, I don't know, eight to 12 weeks. What's, what's not, I guess, 12 weeks takes you to the end of the season, no matter what. Um, Nas is, I think they're saying four to six weeks, maybe. So like uh, McDaniels could be, it sounds like could be longer according to the initial reporting. Now, Woj has been wrong on Timberwolves injury timelines before, just ask Carl Anthony Towns, but uh, it doesn't look good. And it's obviously a very immature way. Um, no other way to say it really to, uh, to end the season for really, frankly, a rising star um, and one of the league's best defenders. Uh, just disappointing um, and and just an unforced error, right? Um, that, 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 that that happened and, of course, happening apparently in reaction to f- fouls, which has been an issue for him all season. Uh, it completely changes the, dyna- the dynamic of the Timberwolves. Something I've said repeatedly on the show before is, Obviously, the Mavericks aren't an issue now, but like teams that play a lot of isolation basketball, the Clippers and the Mavs were the other one that the Wolves matched up really well within the regular season, in part because Minnesota could just lock down ISO players with ISO defenders like Jade McDaniels and Anthony Edwards. I mean, Edwards was at times this season, every bit as good defensively as Jade McDaniels at times, not all the time. McDaniels was far more consistent when it came to the defensive end of the floor. But now you take away half of that and, you know, what do you do when you go up against a team? Like when you take on Memphis, like you got to defend John Morant and Dylan Brooks, right? I mean, not even talking about the big men, but like just looking at the perimeter, um, even the Lakers, D'Lo and LeBron James, uh, you know, two very different players. But like, it's just such a, a massive change for what you can do defensively. And, and certainly Jaden's had a, a decent year, a, certainly a much improved year offensively too. Been very good outside the arc um, compared to where he was last season. And, and that hurts from an offensive perspective too. But you lose a huge edge when you lose Jaden McDaniels. Um, to have multiple plus on-ball defenders that are young, athletic, long, uh, can jump passing lanes, can just straight up, just pickpocket the ball. We saw Ant do that to Brandon Ingram in crunch time on Sunday afternoon as well. Like, but McDaniels and Ant together are such a dynamic defensive deal on the perimeter. And to lose half of that duo is such a big deal. Such a big deal. The other thing, of course, that everyone's talking about is the Rudy Gobert, Kyle Anderson, we'll call it a dust up, initially happened on the sideline, apparently going after each other, uh, going at each other, I should say, verbally. And then Gobert apparently responding to something. There's been some reports about what, Anderson may have said to Gobert on the bench. Gobert throws a punch, hits him kind of like in the shoulder, chest area, hits Anderson there. Gobert is restrained, goes back to the locker room. Apparently it re-escalated, if you will, at halftime in the locker room, according to Shams Sharania of The Athletic, and of course, John Krasinski, also The Athletic locally uh, there in the Twin Cities, reported you know some other things that were said. And then ultimately, Tim Connolly... President of Basketball Operations, Del Demps, who's a, a former executive that was actually an assistant coach in Utah as well when Rudy was there, came down, talked to Rudy, sent him home, uh, sent him home. Like, at this point, we've just kind of said this so many times already that, like, you know, they sent him home. How weird is that? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, of I can't think of a specific example. I know it's happened, but a specific example when a, when a professional sports team, you know, call it the 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 big four or, you know, uh, I don't know, like a high level pro sports team 
has sent a player home and not just like a bench player. And this wasn't pregame. It wasn't something that happened in warmups. It wasn't, uh, you know, a disagreement with a coaching staff from, a, you know, the 12th guy on the bench or like a practice squad player in the NFL, you know, getting involved in an altercation. This is a star player, an all NBA caliber player. Uh, a player who has been all NBA, a multi-time all-star, a multi-time defensive player of the year, a starter, somebody you gave up a million picks for and you're paying him a max contract to send him home at halftime of the biggest game of the season is a step. That's a statement. And like, I just can't think of another, like a, a, a congruent example to that. Um, They sent him home. They just said, go home, Rudy Gobert. And, Kyle Anderson, of course, then steps in and plays the bulk of the minutes, you know, with his absence. And then Torian Prince playing a lot of the minutes in McDaniel's absence. And the Timberwolves just move on with no Rudy Gobert. And then apparently post-game, Gobert sent something to the group text as a team and apologized and then tweeted out publicly an apology to to his teammates, fans, the Timberwolves organization. And then I think he said specifically or or especially to Kyle Anderson talking about how much respect he has for him as a competitor or something along those lines. So, I mean, who knows what happens next? As of recording this late Sunday, we don't know whether or not Rudy Gobert is flying with the team to Los Angeles, uh, presumably midday Monday, um, or not. In my opinion, and I said this on on Lockdown NBA today, I think it, it comes down to whatever, like if they feel like they made a big enough statement by sending him home mid-game, and then he, from there, did the right things, said the right things, acted the right way. If perhaps they have a an in-person face-to-face on Monday, I'm sure they will early Monday, to discuss like what are our next steps? How, how are you moving forward from this, Rudy? Like what do you think we should do? That sort of a thing. If that all goes to plan, I think he plays Tuesday because you've made your statement by sending him home and saying like, hey, we're not going to put up with this as an organization. And they pull out the win anyway. Despite, you know, like we can say what we will about Rudy and the Pelicans being a tough matchup for him. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Cause, cause they are a tough matchup for him, the on court, whatever, but the, but the, um, I guess the team dynamic, the off court, the, the mental aspect of it for the Timberwolves, for him to be sent home mid game and them to still pull out the win makes it such an impressive victory. Uh, like it, it I don't know. It makes sense that he could be back out there Tuesday. Now, we don't know exactly what was said, and I'm sure that has to play into the decision as well for the Timberwolves front office, but um, fascinating to see how this thing all shakes out. And, and inevitably, when 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 the coaching staff and players talk to the media on Monday, you know, what does everyone say about this? Is it really like the company line on Sunday after the game was very much, we're looking forward, like we're past this, we're men, we're adults, we're competitors, et cetera. Great. I hope that's the case. We'll see whether or not this lingers or if it maybe fuels the team, if this is some sort of a wake-up call. I don't know. We'll see. Certainly not the backing into the play-in that you know, I was kind of expecting for a chunk of the first half against the Pelicans, given how the Wolves were playing or you know how the game even started against the Spurs Saturday. And instead, we got a nice little three-game winning streak to end the season and, and some real volatility on Sunday. Um, so I want to actually go nuts and bolts on the Pelicans game next. And a few things that I, I thought stood out in this one and, and how the Wolves adjusted and and Ant, Ant and Cat really both. I haven't hardly mentioned Carl Anthony Towns yet. He was awesome on Sunday. I want to talk about him. We'll get to all that. Um, and, and then we'll do individual studs and duds here at the end of the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at Prize Picks. 
If you had taken Anthony Edwards' rebounds over on Sunday afternoon, you'd have been in great shape. He had 13 rebounds on Sunday. I promise you his prize picks over under was set lower than that. If you're wondering how prize picks works, it's pretty easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, uh, multiple categories too. It's not just points, rebounds, assists, et cetera. Um, steals, like the whole thing, really exotic categories. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Of course, that includes the NBA. Also, MLB now underway, the NHL playoffs, uh, PGA ongoing, of course, uh, college sports, etc. Make your entries in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, beyond the the punching, McDaniels versus the wall, Gobert versus Anderson, there was, there was a basketball game that was played on Sunday afternoon, and the Timberwolves came out flat. Like, there's no other way to say it. We've said this now maybe three times in the last two weeks. Like, this is the biggest game of the season for the Wolves. Well, they become progressively bigger, right? And obviously, this one was the biggest because if you lose, you're in the eight, you're the nine seed. You have to win twice to make the actual playoffs, and you uh, end up in the eight seed no matter what. Like, if you make the playoffs, you're the eight, you're playing Denver. I'd still rather play Memphis. Call me crazy, but I, I'd rather play Memphis than Denver um, if you're the Wolves. And I guess, really, if you're anybody, pretty much. But anyway, so winning Sunday means you get to win just once in BN. And yeah, you go on the road to play the Lakers, but I don't know, like all things considered, you'd rather have one shot to get in than have to take two shots to uh, then be the eight seed. So a big game Sunday, the Timberwolves came out. I don't want to say that they came out flat. I think it's probably more fair to say that they were a step slow for the first, call it quarter plus of this game. The Pelicans came out ready to go. They were flying all over the place. Active hands defensively. The Wolves had some sloppy passing that was a problem. Uh, rebounding the basketball, 50-50 balls. Like, the Wolves were getting killed on the glass early in this game. And uh, the Pelicans are a good offensive rebounding team, and they gave the Wolves fits on the glass early. I think New Orleans had five or six offensive rebounds before the Wolves even had their first offensive rebound. Um, it was a big problem early. Uh, like I said, 50-50 balls, loose balls, Um Active hands from the Pels, not so much for Minnesota. And then the Wolves got into foul trouble. McDaniels picked up the early two. Carl Thady Towns was in early foul trouble. Uh, just a really underwhelming first half. At halftime, Anthony Edwards had six points on two of 10 shooting, struggling with turnovers. As a team, like just the ball going through guys' hands, like uh, Towns struggling out of double teams, just no flow to the offense. A lot of the same issues that when the Wolves are not right, we see lack of flow to the offense, sloppy turnovers, uh, poor rebounding. And yet, at halftime, and the altercation, of course, happens at the end of the second quarter. McDaniels is lost for the game at the end of the second quarter. The Wolves are down 12 at the end of the first. They're only down eight at halftime, despite all of that. And I couldn't even really tell you how or why? Like, I have to go back and watch the end of the first half. Like, how did the Wolves manage to hang tough? A lot of the Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards magic was second half. Um, there was a little bit in the third quarter when the Wolves kind of put their foot down, got it to within two at the start of the fourth. But then Cat had this flurry 
um, early fourth quarter that was just unbelievable. He had like nine of 11 points, couple of threes, a deep three uh, that he hit near the logo at center court. Um, like just a really, really strong, strong stretch for Carl Anthony Towns where he looked confident, looked like the cat that we, the all NBA cat from a couple of years ago. He finishes this game with 30 points, better than 50% shooting, five made threes on eight tries, eight rebounds, only two turnovers. Yes, foul trouble, but he still managed to play 36 of 48 minutes in this game. A lot of that due to Chris Finch kind of doing situational subs, offense, defense type stuff to to try and protect him in a sense down the stretch in this game. So credit to Finch for that. But uh, strong performance for Towns. We'll talk more about him in studs and duds, of course. Anthony Edwards... Uh, like I talked about this game as a roller coaster. Like this was a roller coaster for Anthony Edwards. I mentioned earlier, six points on two of 10 at halftime, turnover problems. And then you look up and he's going nuts in the third quarter again. He finishes with an absolute stuffed stat sheet, 26 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, four steals, four blocks for Anthony Edwards. And what I want to highlight here is the defense. Uh, Jade McDaniels got the Brandon Ingram matchup to start the game, only played nine minutes, got the foul foul trouble, got into foul trouble, um, and then you know, punches the wall, he's out for the game. Um, and then it basically becomes a combination of Anthony Edwards, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and uh, Torian Prince that are guarding Brandon Ingram. And if you just look at the box score, yeah, Ingram had a had 42 and 12 and seven assists, 16 to 28 shooting, nine free throw attempts. Uh, he... Shot the ball, what was he, uh, 15 of 25 from two-point range. Just killed it from mid-range in this game, from everywhere. Just just his shot chart is just like peppered with mid-range makes. And the Wolves could not slow him down. Until late in the game, Anthony Edwards got the assignment, and Anthony Edwards said, I, hey, I'm up for this. Because what do we see time and time again with Ant? The Wolves, the Wolves as a team play up to their competition, they play down to competition. Ant plays up to the moment, he plays down to the moment. Saturday, go back and watch his defensive possessions against the Spurs. It was not he was not interested in playing defense against the Spurs for chunks on Saturday. It ultimately didn't matter. Sunday, but there have been games this year it has mattered, like losses to the Pistons, losses to, you know, you know whoever you want to the Hornets, whoever. Um Sunday, Ant understood the moment. And even though he started slow from the field, he locked in late had a couple of fantastic blocks on the ball, had a, a couple, I think at least one, if not two of his blocks were weak side type help blocks, help side blocks. Um, he had that pickpocket where he stripped Ingram on the drive across his body, comes down on the other end, ends up hitting a putback, an and one. Um, just a crazy flurry of possessions for Anthony Edwards. And like, just a... a a do-it-all, a, a do-it-all moment for Anthony Edwards. And he could do exactly that. But it's the defense, though, that is so vital, especially now with no Jaden McDaniels. And he could be that guy. He could be that lockdown guy. And I was worried, primarily coming into this game, one of the biggest concerns, we didn't do a full Pelicans preview the other day, but the Pelicans are such a good mid-range team between Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. They do so much damage from the mid-range. Uh and the Wolves struggle to guard mid-range. A lot of it's because they play drop and Rudy Gobert doesn't contest mid-range shots really and you kind of let teams have that shot to an extent. And early, 
That's what they were killing the Wolves with. Ultimately, yeah, Ingram had a nice game. But the Wolves, once Gobert left the game, actually handled pick-and-roll game a little bit better. They handled the mid-range stuff a little bit better. And Ingram made some tough, tough shots in this game. But McCollum was 9-24, 0 of 5 from 3. CJ McCollum, 23 points at 24 shots, not efficient. Jonas Valanciunas got started, got off to a hot start, hit a 3 when Gobert was on the floor, did finish with 18 rebounds, but shot just 5 of 14 in 22 minutes, uh, which, by the way, that makes those 18 rebounds even that much more impressive in 22 minutes for Valanciunas. But uh, the Wolves handled the mid-range jump shooting fairly well in this game. I, I was impressed because that was a concern. And rebounding was two, and the Wolves were a minus seven on the glass, and transition offensive defense was a concern. At times, um, that was an issue in this one, too. But ultimately, you hold, you hold the Pelicans a 44% from the floor, 14% from three. Um, credit to Anthony Edwards. Uh, credit to uh, you know lesser extent to Kyle Anderson. Team defense, team defense, certainly. Towns was good. Help side defense for Towns was very good in this game. Conley was good on the ball. Uh, Prince had some rough moments defensively, but in general played well. Um, I, I that to me is is the storyline, the basketball storyline is how the Wolves handled the Pelicans and what New Orleans was trying to do offensively. Ingram got his forty two on, on an efficient shooting night, forty two twelve and seven. Nobody else on that team shot the ball efficiently. I mean, technically Trey Murphy did, but like. He wasn't didn't have a huge impact on this game. Valanciunas wasn't efficient. McCollum wasn't efficient. Nobody on their bench had more than one field goal made in this game. Um, the Wolves' defense in general was impressive, and they're going to need that and more against LA Tuesday and hopefully moving forward, hopefully against the Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. All right, let's close this one out with individual studs and duds, a peek ahead at the week ahead, and uh, that'll be how we close the show here today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Ultimate Basketball GM. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is the coolest game that I've played in a long time. I've always thought that I could be a great NBA GM. As it turns out, it's not all that easy. If you've had the same thought and have fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise, go download Ultimate Pro Basketball GM right now. If you're watching on YouTube, the QR code is right there, right there. Uh, The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities. Challenging personalities, the Wolves have a little bit of that going on right now. Uh, Hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons. All this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want, and when you want to, we have a Lockdown NBA uh, league ongoing with Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, and, and it is, uh, you can bet it's competitive. The teams who, uh, the the hosts whose teams that they cover in real life are a bit more competitive when it comes to, to, to managing a dynasty, because most of us have not, we've not covered or been part of a dynasty, uh, you know, uh, for, for the teams that we cover. So, you know, I, like... It's important that this happens in Ultimate Basketball GM to to us to to that version of our hosts or that category of our hosts. Right now, Lockdown Wolves listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code on your screen if you're watching on YouTube or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. 
Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, individual studs and duds from this one. Carlton Towns, like I know Ant had the stat line and the and some defense, but Carlton Towns, I thought, was the best player on the floor for the Wolves, and maybe besides Brandon Ingram, the best player on the floor in the game. He was really, really good. 30 points for Cat on 10 of 19 shooting, better than 50% from the floor, 5 of 8 from three-point range. And I mean, that's good to see. Like, he's been shooting the ball fairly well from deep since he came back. Uh, actually, really well since he came back. But still on the season, he was only 35% coming into the game because he was he struggled so much before the injury back in October, November. So good to see him knock down five threes, including that one that was just a step in from the logo during that Wolves run in the early fourth quarter. Five of six at the line for Cat. Good to see him hit free throws. Ant struggled again at the line. Uh, that was another issue with his game. But Cat had 30 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and a block. Good help side defense. I mentioned that earlier. I thought pretty patient uh, play offensively. He had a couple of, I think both his turnovers were early. One was real early, like first or second possession of the game for the Wolves. Only had the two turnovers. Handled double teams well in general, which was such a problem for streaks, for stretches last year for the Wolves. But I thought I thought Cat handled double teams well. I thought the decision-making was good. The shot selection was good. We saw during that three-game losing streak last week, those stretches of almost indecision from Towns, like, do I, you know, should I try and take over? Should I pass? But, like, not really being sure. Very little of that in this game from Cat. I thought this was maybe his best all-around game. I know he had the game-winning free throws and a, a game-winning or a game-sealing shot a couple, I guess it was a couple weeks ago at this point. But this is probably the best like start to finish all around game, unless I'm forgetting one that, that Towns has had since he came back. But really fun to watch him dominate down the stretch in the way that he did when the Wolves really needed him. I'm still going to give Anthony Edwards a stud. 26, 13, 4, 4, and 4. It's hard not to. And the defense that I already you know waxed poetic about uh, last segment. But that 2 of 10 first half, not ideal. And certainly the shooting in the second half was better, but 8 of 21 overall, 3 of 9 outside the arc, just 7 of 13 on free throws, just a hair above 50% at the charity stripe, and 8 turnovers, including a, just a, a like, can't have it type turnover in the final 20 seconds or so, 16 seconds left when they were up 3, just needed to allow the Pelicans to foul them, make a free throw, seal the win, instead Ant steps out of bounds, allows the Pelicans another possession, they call a timeout, they didn't actually... Uh, I think they airballed the three trying to draw a foul or something weird um, before the Wolves got the ball back and ultimately sealed it on Conley free throws. But that was a bad turnover. And there were some other real bad ones mixed in there. So the turnovers, the shooting early, um, the the free throw shooting were all not great. But it had that stretch that I referenced earlier with the strip on Ingram and the and one. And there was a couple of offensive rebounds. 13 rebounds, I believe, is a career high or ties a career high for Ant. Um just a phenomenal stretch there late in this game from Ant that that kind of outweighs some of the issues within this game. They just need a little more consistency for him on Tuesday against the Lakers. I think would uh, I think that'd be important. Um, I'm actually going to give my third stud to Mike Conley in this game, and I know that there were some solid Prince minutes off the bench, and you know he's a team leading plus fourteen, and he had eighteen points, um, but. And, and, you know, Kylie Anderson played a big role as well. But I, I'm going to go with with Mike Conley because for a couple of reasons. One, he did score seven. He did have 17 and seven. So, like, let's not overlook that. He was third on the team in plus minus if we want to play the plus minus game. 
Um, he was only one of six on threes, but he was four of five on two-point attempts, hit a couple of tough layups, six of seven at the line. Again, the seven assists to only one turnover. Decent defense, but also holding this team together. And and there was some reporting. I don't remember if it was Shams or if it was if it was Woj at ESPN, but there was reporting about how Conley kind of led the discussion at halftime, bringing the team back together. Conley was vocal after the game to the media and the press conference. Um, he that, that's why he's on this team. Like not specifically, hopefully for this reason to to like paper over these altercations, but to be that veteran presence, to be that stable voice and leader. And he was that way basketball wise and apparently off the court wise. I mean, 17 and seven is a nice, like you'll take that from your starting point guard and you need that from your starting point guard when you're starting center and your best perimeter defender effectively are knocked out. I mean, they were knocked out in the first half, but combined to play only 21 minutes in this game. Big Mike Conley game, both on and off the floor. So Towns, Conley, Edwards are your studs from this one. Uh, Prince did play well, and I mentioned that, 18.7-14 shooting. Missed some open threes. I thought he really struggled defensively, especially early. Um, Kyle Anderson played 37 minutes, 8 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, a couple of blocks, and a steal for Anderson. A good game for him off the bench. Likely he starts in McDaniel's place, but maybe not. I guess maybe, I guess because you're really looking at the... Assuming Gobert plays, I guess it is probably Prince that starts at the three and Anderson comes off the bench. Um, if Gobert doesn't play, though, you probably look at both Prince and Anderson starting. Uh, and then just a bigger role for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who also played well, by the way. Um, he was actually a team leading plus 16, but some strong minutes off the bench for him. I mean, no duds other than McDaniels and Gobert. Like, obviously, what each of them did, you can't happen, or you can't have happen, excuse me, in... Well, ever, but especially now. Like the timing of what both Gobert and McDaniels got involved in, and we don't exactly know Kyle Anderson's full role, so I'm not completely absolving him, but obviously Gobert and McDaniels are the ones who uh, we're talking about now because of how this thing turned out for each of them. We will see, and perhaps by the time you're listening to this, we have some more clarity on Rudy Gobert on in his status for Tuesday, but that'll be a big storyline headed into the game. Uh, the plan here at Lockdown Wolves is uh, the goal is on Tuesday's show. I'd like to at least have a couple of segments with uh, the Kamensky brothers from Lockdown Lakers. It'll either be that or we'll do a full crossover episode. We're working through the formatting and availabilities and all that good stuff. So working to set that up, uh, but want to preview that series. Obviously, we just saw the Lakers less than a couple weeks ago. The new look Lakers, the Wolves now are going to look different too. There's so much up in the air, but... In some form or fashion, you'll hear from the Lockdown Lakers guys on Tuesday's Lockdown Wolves episodes, the next episode you listen to. And then after Tuesday night's game, it's a 9 p.m. Central tip on TNT. Uh, Marnie Gellner and I will go live on the postcast. It's a playoff game. It's TNT, so it'll probably be late, late. And like we're talking maybe after midnight when Marnie and I go live Central time on Tuesday, Tuesday night into Wednesday morning, early in the morning. But we will go live on the postcast following the postseason game, win or lose Tuesday. Of course, if they lose, they'll play Friday in a battle for the then what would be the eighth seed in the West. If the Wolves win, their likely first game of the playoffs would then be Saturday against those same Memphis Grizzlies that the Wolves uh, faced off against in the playoffs last season. So we'll do the Lockdown Lakers show on Tuesday, the crossover in some form or fashion here on this channel. And then whoever the first round opponent is, hopefully there is one, um, or if there's a game Friday, which whichever podcast that is, we'll work on a, uh, a crossover there too. 
Um, so lots of exciting content coming up this week. Postcasts after every playoff game is the plan. So make sure you're following and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, a big thank you to those that do make us your first listen. A reminder that those postcasts with Marnie are on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe there to see those live. Be notified when we go live. It's usually about 45 minutes. Could be closer to an hour. The Bally Sports North postgame shows are longer for the playoffs. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, about an hour or so after every game, we'll go live. And then we post those episodes on Locked on Wolves. In fact, if you're listening, the last episode before this would have been the live postcast that Marnie and I recorded immediately following Wolves Lake, or excuse me, Wolves Pelicans on Sunday. So be sure to go check that out. Again, a big thank you if you do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, this show is free and available on uh, all platforms. That includes YouTube. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now make your second listen the Locked On Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.